Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or ripped-from-the-headlines controversy. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. We also talk with people who can take us behind the curtain on these hot topics for an insider's view. My guest today is Adam Watson. He has developed and produced more than 4,000 hours of live, post, digital, and social content for shows on ESPN, and spent nearly a decade with NFL Network. A two-time Sports Emmy nominee and winner of awards for social media integration into live television, his current role is showrunner for Crime Door TV. We all love it when our favorite athletes are winning and kissing babies, but what about when things go wrong? Adam takes us inside the coverage of those events, the arrest of an athlete, coach, or owner, the death of an icon, the cyclical rift between fans, players, and owners during negotiations. Let's dive into the case file I call Sports Can Kill the Spirit. There are those who mainly think of sports as a pastime, and they can clash with the business side of things. Adam, you've seen things go badly with contracts and even criminal with murder charges against athletes. Tell us about one of the events that even shocked you. Most of my job was covering incredible athletic achievements, but it's when I had to cover something else that really stands out most in my sports producing career. And the biggest one by far was the arrest of Aaron Hernandez. So I was producing a morning show for NFL Network at the time. This is a four-hour morning show from Los Angeles, you know, an overnight show where we went live at 3 a.m. on the West Coast. And this was during the NFL doldrums. This was June. So you've got the draft over. You've got training camp doesn't start until July. So other than maybe an OTA or a rookie minicamp, you're talking about a very difficult time to fill, especially a four-hour television show. But Aaron Hernandez was in the news, was being investigated, tied to a murder Um, And we'd had a camera outside of his house for over a week. There wasn't any real activity. It was just sort of a live shot to have. And coordinating producer for the show at the time came from an entertainment background and said, let's keep the camera there. So when Aaron Hernandez was arrested at about 5 or 4.30 a.m. West Coast time, we were in the middle of our show and one of the only cameras there. And we got the perp walk of him walking out in handcuffs to the police car. And then it became the biggest news story, certainly for the NFL and in the sports world for quite a bit of time. So when that happened, what do you remember about fans' reactions? A lot of fans are always very protective of their franchise. And so they don't really want to believe the truth or know the truth. And they will sort of back athletes and their teams to a fault. But this one was tied to more than one incident there with Aaron Hernandez. And I remember it was really unique how quickly the team moved to cut ties with him. And so when you do a four-hour morning show, we had a what's called a re-air where we would have the four hours repeat again on the morning. And so we were trying to get one solid hour of coverage of our internet that we could put on a loop for a little while. And we couldn't do that because of how quickly things moved with updates in the case, with uh, the team cutting him within an hour of him being arrested. It was just sort of shocking not only us getting the footage that we got, but how quickly the team reacted. And we all know that he eventually was found guilty. Yeah, I remember that time. And it really was shocking on so many levels. Let's talk a little bit about something a little less deadly. Let's talk about these contracts, these seven-figure deals, the just-get-it-done attitude, millionaires, trillionaires, billionaires (laughs) negotiating with each other. 
What was that like, covering that as well as some insight on what's happening in both fandom and the team side of this? Yeah, that's another one of those off-season things. And so when you're trying to figure out how to cover a 24-hour network, any little thing can become a big thing and something you can devote an hour to, and especially if it's a, a big name player, because you're buying these $100, $200 jerseys, you bleed for these teams, you root for them every weekend from your couch, or you spend the, the money on tickets and taking your family to the games. And so when somebody doesn't want to sign a eight-figure contract, nine-figure contract now, there's backlash. And we've seen just after a playoff loss, look at how many famous quarterbacks jerseys have been burned after a playoff loss. Dak Prescott after a Cowboys loss, Carson Wentz, Eli Manning. I mean, the NFC East is full of some very passionate fans. It's interesting to see how quickly people can turn on somebody that they consider a hero and really get caught in this battle of millionaires versus billionaires. Yeah, it's so true. Well, thanks for painting that picture. And now to what actually has become crisis levels, the ability for a fan to have that direct link, that direct communication line to their favorite player, to their teams via social media. And we have seen some really dark posts and dark times on both sides of this conversation. Yeah. And what it's done really is not only created that more direct connection with the fans, it's actually created less of a connection with the media. Because in the past, you used to only get to hear from the players in those post-game pressers. And so that's when the local beat reporters were important. And they had their recording devices, their microphones after the game, and they would ask the questions, then they'd write up those stories. Now you don't need them because the players can get their message out. They can say whatever they want instantaneously on social media. Just look at Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch would sit down in front of his locker and he would say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And he wouldn't answer any questions <laughs> because he could connect with his fans on social media. Right. So, I mean, that's a really interesting case of it. I also know of some recent ones that have happened in the NBA, and I'm sure you could pick out any sport, any league, where because of the instantaneous ability to not only shoot a video, but then post it to an Instagram or a TikTok or whatever, there's backlash when players have been behaving badly and then that shows up. So what's your take on some of the, what I would call, really inconsistent response from team management on that kind of stuff? I would think that management used to have all the control and all the power and the PR people for these teams would have relationships with the players and they would often help them get ready for any time they had to talk to the press and they were groomed and taught how to talk to and answer questions and what they could answer before and after games. And when you lose that control, that's a scary thing for a billionaire. And it's a scary thing for a PR person who knows that their job is on the line. If somebody that they're supposed to help guide just goes off and shoots a video or says something that could be either publicly inflammatory or against the team or against the owner, probably for fans, you feel closer than ever to the players because you feel like you're getting something that is unscripted and unrestricted, but that certainly makes the job for people in the front office and owners a lot harder because they find out what their players said at the same time the world finds out. Exactly. Well, this will be something to continue to watch, that development of the reaction. I think some teams are getting smarter and smarter. We did a crisis files case file on Damar Hamlin, fortunately. That turned out well. We did kind of a tribute case file to him and talked with the former NFL executive of the Minnesota Vikings because we had a similar situation here in Minnesota many years ago with Corey Stringer when he died during 
a practice during summer camp. It's interesting to watch the development of the reaction from teams and figuring out messaging and all those kinds of things. And so it seems, Adam, that sometimes just as they make some steps forward, players will do something or an official will say something or an executive from the NFL or another league, and then they take some steps backward. When you really have a new technology like you have with social media platforms that didn't exist 20 years ago and weren't being used by players the same way that they're being used now, even 10 years ago, five years ago, you need time to digest how it's being used, how fans are using it, how to respond to it, how to cover a crisis when they do use it incorrectly or something that may hurt their own personal brand or the team. Until you really get that data, until you get to drill into how they can use it incorrectly, and then how you need to respond to that. It's sort of a a bit of a, a wild zone to deal with for a little while. That is for sure. Thanks to Adam Watson, showrunner for Crime Door TV. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Spoke 612 Productions. Number one, follow the money. Fans shouldn't be surprised their loyalty doesn't necessarily mean longevity for athletes seeking a better deal. Number two, athletes have their own platforms. Just like the rest of us, doesn't mean you should be reckless with what you post. Number three, athletes are humans. Don't put them on a pedestal. Spoke 612 Productions takes your ideas and brings them to life. Linda, Sarah, and Matt are committed to excellence and inclusivity. As a WeBank certified women-owned production company, Spoke 612 inspires awareness and delivers impact through storytelling. When you put your project in their hands, Spoke 612 draws on their own talents and experience to ensure they tell the best possible version of your story. Visit their portfolio at Spoke612.com. Thank you to producer Kim Inslee and our audio guru, Tom Hamilton. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. Thank you.